Hello, wisdom keepers and light bringers of the world. Welcome to the Rise Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Jordan, and I'm honored to facilitate a place for us to gather and hear the stories and wisdom from our relations. Thank you for being here. This podcast is listener supported, and we ask that if you find value in these episodes, that you make a donation on our website, therisecollective.org, in service of our continued learning and community building. Before we begin, let's welcome the guardians and gatekeepers. We humbly ask for your protection and assistance today. May our listeners hear what they need to hear in service of their highest good. And so it is. Georgia Jean has been the channel for the Circle of Light, which is a non-physical collective similar to Abraham Hicks since 2004. She has a great book called The Philosopher and the Circle of Light, which I highly recommend. And through her one-on-one work and the work with the Circle of Light and weekly conference calls, um, they have created a, a huge body of work and they've come through explaining the true nature of how reality manifests on every level from the body to mental and emotional states and throughout the quantum collective reality. Going way past and much deeper than the basic principles of law of attraction, Georgia and the Circle of Light have been working to support, heal, and transform the most chronic situations. Situations like chronic physical conditions, late-stage cancer, chronic heartbreak, and chronic financial crisis. But by the time people come to Georgia, who is a former stand-up comedian, a hula-hooping skydiver, and a channeler of spirits, they're usually (laughs) desperate, which has made them (laughs) experts in transforming the worst-case scenario situations into magical transformational experiences. They do this by constructing, deconstructing the deepest levels of the matrix and reworking the whole of creation that stems from them. Mastery work of this nature is not for the faint-hearted because it will push the resistant mind to places that are far beyond its limited sense of self and the life that is created from it. But luckily, there are wonderful people just desperate enough to try it, and at the same time, they raise the entire consciousness of the planet. Mm -hmm. So this is really big, juicy work. Thank you, Georgia, for joining us today. Hey, my pleasure. Yeah, thank you very much for creating the opportunity. Yeah, so will you tell us, um, so when we met in Hawaii a couple years ago, you were telling me the story of how you started channeling um, when you were working as a comedian in Los Angeles. And mm-hmm. can you can you retell that story here? Yeah, sure. Um, so, yes, I, I had uh, moved to America with dreams of becoming a, 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 a sitcom star, and I was doing stand-up in Los Angeles, which is a very, very tough, tough environment, very, very competitive, very harsh world, actually. And so... To kind of deal with the the ego bashing, basically, of being in, in entertainment and the, the cutthroatness of the world, um, I was started doing a lot of work on myself. And 
I had been reading cards and stuff like that for a long time, and I'd had some little experiences here and there. I never thought I was particularly, quote-unquote, gifted, um, but I had an attunement, I guess, to being drawn to to why we are, who we are, and all that sort of stuff. And But through this kind of really working on myself, um, it led to um, this event where a, a friend of mine, um, first of all, we, we got switched on to like uh, Abraham Hicks and we were listening to a lot of that and then I started reading some of the Seth material, which is that channel material. And uh, congruently, a friend of mine had discovered this thing called a Pathfinder, which is like a, a shamanistic talking board, kind of like a Ouija board, but it was not all in the lies and everything, and was communicating with these spirits very directly through it. Like, I would sit with her and we would write, would spell stuff out so quickly or write pages and pages of this kind of spirit dictation. And wow. through that board, they were saying really to her, you know, we can give you a lot more <laughs> if you let us speak through you. So... So, um, you know, I knew what channeling was and all that sort of stuff, but I was really kind of anticipating that they were going to come through her. Um, and <laughs> so I, one day I, you know, went to visit her in, in San Diego and she'd been up to visit and we'd had a bit of an experience with some of my other friends where the energies really started pushing in on her and she was just kind of going like... <laughs> she couldn't like, she couldn't really get it out, you know. Yeah. And, uh, so the next time I went down, and uh, I have to admit, I had a little bit of a side of me that's like, God, that's too much work on myself. <laughs> How come it's happening there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I really had no resistance to the experience, and that, and that I didn't have really any expectation either that it could possibly happen to me. There wasn't really anything kind of in that way, if that makes sense. So I was sat down with her and the spirits had started spelling out of the board, you know, there's masses of energy here and we want to speak through you. And I was sitting taking my <laughs> spirit dictation, like the secretary of the spirits, and um, suddenly it just felt really weird. And then this, this huge rush of energy came in and I just went, oh, my God, I think it's happening to me. And I just went boom down in like basically kind of into straight into a, a kind of a tra energy tra trance state, and they just started speaking out of me like boom voice, you know, we are here, and you know we're here to change the world with you, and <laughs> so wow, I kind of had this, and then because I could speak it, and I really think it was because I was a stand-up comedian, my throat was open. Uh, my right. friend was a, a wonderful painter, so her hands were open, so she could kind of channel that energy through her hands. But I think that's why I could speak her, so I kind of spoke, talked her through how she could uh, open up, and then she started being able to speak, and then the energies were just kind of jumping backwards and forwards between the two of us. It was literally a totally crazy event. There was so much energy in the room. We'd have to go out on the balcony and... Um, we were like smoking cigarettes, <laughs> you know, like, what is going on in there? Just to stop the energy and we would walk back into this room and literally one time I was just kind of like, they would just not knock us to the ground but just take us to the ground with so much energy and pumping pumping through our bodies and stuff and uh, clear, clearing, clearing us out, starting this process of, you know, really clearing the channel, which is, really the biggest part of doing this work is you have to be 
absolutely dedicated to clearing your own channel. That actually essentially is is the the um, the nature of being able to be a channel. Um, you can't have you know that you're bringing in such high frequency that any any of your own kind of ego density is going to come up very quickly, and you have to just work, work, work to kind of purify that and clear, clear, clear it out. Which is actually really the process of integration, which is what we came to, I came to discover. So that's really how it began. But I didn't know, if, you know, it was like I didn't know if I was just making it up and you know, what was going on, really. I was just trying to be a stand-up comedian who thought some of this stuff was cool, you know. And I, um, and and you just, the process of building the trust to, to be a channel and to start to get validations from other people that they're feeling the energy when you're running the energy and um, all of that was, you know, kind of a, a process. But then I started working with clients and um yeah, doing this work. A lot of pretty pretty amazing things happen along the way to help me trust it. Um and to keep moving forward with this uh to let it sort of really become such a big part of my life instead of pushing it away. Yeah, so um earlier you said that you didn't really know what was going on. And <laughs> what was that process like of trusting it, learning to trust it? Well, I, you know, because they came through and they were like, you're going to reach millions of people. And, of course, my mind had that in a picture of how I would understand reaching millions of people, which is like, you know, being in, on a stage and, you know, with lots of people and everybody... Um, uh, right, you know, being on the boat, much like I'd seen with you know Abraham Hicks, they had a very big following, and obviously doing a lot of great work and everything, and um, to connect people to these concepts and stuff to, as a starting point. Um, but and then, but then I was like, is that just also my mind? Because I was a stand-up comedian, and I wanted to, you know, I had a goal of being in a sitcom, <laughs> and like I was just projecting my my ego goal into this thing that was happening. Right. So you sort of don't really know. But I had a friend who was just really into it, and I would go over to her house, and she would just sit there, and I would channel and she was very non-judgmental it helped me trust it more because she would always find validations you know and also sometimes I would just go over there and they would just bring in the energy and that was really a big part was just that work to bring in the energy and open open my channel up um, so I could hold hold more and learn how to translate it because that's really what is going on because at first I was just getting information that sounded very like <laughs> Abraham Hicks Redux kind of thing, like I was right. on cover cover band of <laughs> Abraham Hicks. <laughs> and so I was like, you know, is this really, am I really doing this or am I, is it a part of me just being an attention seeker? I don't know. You've got all these things going on. But right. re- really what is happening is that our minds have to, become attuned to these frequencies. They have to learn the language of the frequencies to start being able to interpret them into language. So basic concepts that I already have received or downloaded in some kind of way, of course, I could verbalize. But the bigger concepts 
and the things that have come over in the intermittent 13 years that I've been doing it now, I think that was all in 2004, was um, a matter of attuning my brain to interpret more sophisticated concepts and also sort of simultaneously experiencing what was happening as as concepts were coming in. I would personally kind of experience it to sometimes quite often it was pretty painful <laughs> degree. Uh, so uh-huh. I could find the tools, we could feel it in my body, what was actually helping that level of transformational process. So there would there'd be this kind of simultaneous um correlating journey, I suppose, where I would start channeling about a theme. So one of the big themes that came in pretty soon um, was this level that I work on, which is about the primitive mind and how our primitive mind programming, the programming that we had in back in the caves, has, uh, which used to be just for survival and, you know, certain events, uh, like if a saber-toothed tiger is coming for you, um, is really infused in so much of our lives and is a very contractive force. And the strong survival emotions that come with that are some of our most highly judged emotions and so they're often suppressed, which causes a lot of problems um, and is really like the seed of, one of the seeds of really chronic chronic conditions that I find. So that information started coming through, but it wasn't until maybe, you know, a little while later, I think it was several years later, where I had what I considered to be my primitive mind clearing, which was a was very that, intense experience. Hmm? Was that your initiation? That was that was <laughs> that was the, that was one of I have had initiations into different lev- levels of consciousness. That was one of the first what I would say. I mean, when you start channeling, immediately all these sort of strong emotions are coming up and things are coming up to be cleared out. But that um, was, one, was was very uh, intense, the primitive mind, because you're having the deep reservoirs of anger and rage and, and fear, and a big one is fear of abandonment, shame. Right. These are all the survival emotions. Um they're coming out, it came up in like a big flood. And there's events that trigger it in the external world, but it's right. the going into the charge of emotions. Um, this takes it to a next level of understanding and then the tools that you need to, to get through that stage um, is what I sort of worked on and discovered. That was that happened really about four, I think four, three or four years after the initial uh the initial event, and then a few years later, I think that was around 2000, uh, 2008, 2009, mm-hmm. and then about four years later, 2012, 2013, I went through another massive initiation, which was even more <laughs> intense, uh, where I literally experienced the entire suffering of the whole planet, the entire history of the whole planet. Um, wow. Yeah. That's and, when you discovered the all consciousness. And that's when I came into this, this concept that we call the all consciousness. Yeah, working from the all consciousness. So, um, 
and I don't I don't want to say these things to scare people because that my my job was to go through those those initiations to get the tools that work. So when I work with people that actually don't have to go through that, you know, like a lot yeah. of the times they go they go through a very difficult time when they come to me, but I already have the tools that 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 uh, guide take them through that, and I'm also very intimately aware of the pitfalls of when you're coming to a big initiation, which is really an opportunity for massive breakthrough, there's a huge amount of resistance from the mind. There's a huge amount of kickback from the mind. And it's very easy to fall, to, to step away from that, that threshold of initiation if you don't understand what's happening. And that's really what people do in their lives generally anyway, like just when they're about to say, get a better job, they might sabotage it in some way because their mind is trying to keep them into in a, what it considers a safe known zone, even if it's keeping it miserable. So right. my job now is to really mentor people through those thresholds of initiation and I, we give them the tools. And they're all coming again. Just this year, again, I went through another, not as intense as uh, the one where I came into the all-consciousness, but another level of initiation where I really have to do this in conjunction with the material I'm receiving, this kind of detective work to identify more clearly what these, uh, what level of consciousness is actually being uh, transcended at that point and what the, what, uh, what the sort of roadblocks are and how to get past them and get and get beyond them much faster, much faster, much faster than it took me. Um, and this year we came, to, I came to the the next level with the, the material that's come in, which is the stuff we call the grids that create creation. So <laughs> take your pick. I can talk about any of those things. <laughs> They're all very profound in how they shift reality for people. Yeah, I I love to. I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about the planetary template that yes, um, yes, you've mentioned because yes. I think that is sort of like a baseline for all the other. It, for, it absolutely is. Yeah, yeah because, the grid. Because all of these things really are planetary templates. It's it's really about how those templates are disguised in our in our stories. So what I came to find in between. You know, somewhere around, so as this information first about the primitive mind was coming in, what they were, because most people when they come to personal development work, they're really looking at their personal story, their life story, like my relationship that's not working out, my, you know, my back pain, my money issues. It's a, it's a personal story. And if they even start using law of attraction, they're like, okay, if I visualize money, it'll come. But when you're reaching levels of resistance, you're using those tools. Um, if your conscious mind and your unconscious mind are fairly congruent, you will manifest faster just through um, visualization. But, but if you have deeper unconscious energy that is not congruent with your conscious intention, I mean, doesn't everybody want love and money and happiness you know everyone wants that consciously but really right. we've only got a, really we've only got about 12 percent of our energy working consciously we have a and that's where those sabotages come in right yeah so i talk a lot about the t sort of tip of the iceberg you know so underneath so we might so then we might start working with okay my past lives are influencing this you know i was you know blah 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 i was like poor in a past life or i was a nun or whatever 
you start working with the past lives and that might release a bit more. But really what's happening is we have these planetary templates which are the frameworks that that basically set up what reality is. And when people have very chronic thing is chronic stuff, what I've discovered is the energy that they're carrying that's in resistance, because we work a lot with the, pre- the principle energy is either flowing or it's in resistance. When energy is in resistance, deep resistance, it's usually related to these planetary templates, the primitive mind being one of them, survival consciousness, the programming that comes with survival consciousness is one of the planetary templates as are the deep reservoirs, the frequencies of emotion that come with survival consciousness, such as fear, terror, competitiveness, jealousy, shame, fear of abandonment, uh, I think I've got deep grief, they're, they're our survival emotions, and they have frequencies to them. Mm-hmm. So when you, when you might, so you might have, say, someone who has cancer, in their energy, gestalt let's call it which includes their body uh whatever uh their you know their thought processes their emotions past lives future lives all of that everything entire multi-dimensional being a big blocked dense reservoir they might be carrying is uh is anger and the survival emotion anger and they're using a lot of their personal energy to keep that survival emotion anger down you get a lot of nice positive spiritual people who have cancer because the judgment on the emotion is keeping it suppressed in the body and they don't have an and they can't cope with the volume of energy that is actually in that reservoir of rage so they're, they're suppressing it so when when we come in with these tools that work on this planetary clearing of level because they're literally carrying the rage of the planet in their body not just their personal rage not just their story of being you know maybe not getting enough affection as a child or whatever it is right it's the planetary volume of energy and if you don't have the tools that work on this volume of energy it's really a lot for that that those volumes of energy to come up into consciousness it's it's and that's what when i say i had my primitive mind clearing i was just so all of this massive volume of energy each time i go through an initiation it's a massive volume of energy that that's literally mind-blowing it's blowing your mind you're like where you know wtf where is all this coming from <laughs> you know i'm a nice i've been meditating for years i've been doing all this work why why do i have all this coming up and it's because people don't understand these bigger frameworks and they have a lot of judgment on themselves which keeps the cycle of suffering the anger starts coming up they start pushing it down, you know, Angus, that's, and that's really the cycle of suffering. So um, a lot of what we're doing is helping people to come into relationship with energy, take the psychological judgment off it, and just feel it as the force that it is, and that actually liberates it, then it can have a chance to transmute. And when we work with these tools, we're working personally on a person's issue, but we also work planetarily. So this is freeing the energy from the planetary consciousness. So this is what begins to change the planetary consciousness. So every time someone comes to me, um, and what, part of the reason why we work with chronic people is though each client is archetypal for that story on the planet. And it's helping to 
heal and clear that frequency and that story from the planet. And that's why I really feel like I didn't know what was going on. I was just getting all these chronic people, but there wasn't really any theme I could catch a hold of. It's just um, we're here working on all of these big themes of the planet that we're clearing now from the from the planetary consciousness, rage, and particularly this primitive mind zeitgeist, which is the most contracted state of our egoic awareness is when we're in fight or flight. We, we, we perceive things in the most contractive way. It's the most limited state. We're moving into multidimensionality and all consciousness, which is this very expanded, uh, interconnected state. So we have to clear out all that old framework in order to actually, when people are like, oh, the shift in consciousness, we actually have to clear out the framework. We have to, and we have to take the energy that's in that framework and recycle it. Energy can't be destroyed or created. You know, we're here, there's like this amount of energy. It's been invested in these old storylines. So we have to take that energy, we have to purify it, and then we have to put it into the new framework, which is sort of like the new grids that create creation. The new framework which will define the stories of reality that we're playing on Earth. Yeah, I really like it, that <laughs> way of show. looking at it. <laughs> that has me feeling really hopeful. Because oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes when, um, sometimes I feel um, skeptical when people say that the the consciousness is shifting. It's like something yeah. that I really really want to believe but then yeah. when I look but it's out at the see. world yeah. I'm like yeah no it's not <laughs> it's, it's absolute mayhem and I think I can give something that will be very helpful for people mm-hmm. on this Ooh, wow there's so many angles for me to come at so I'm going to try and say this simply and yet textually. <laughs> um, the other principle that we work from and this is also very hard for people to people's minds to embrace, it takes a, a level of initiation to come into a visceral understanding and a non-resistant space for this, is that you are the creator of everything. So that world that you are perceiving is your creation, every part of it, every part that you hate about it and every part that you love about it and the whole history of everything. That's why I said when I went through the initiation where I experienced the suffering of the entire planet, the only way to stop the pain of that initiation was to actually receive the energy of it back into me and purify it, not to try and keep it at bay. Um, And that's what brought me into the understanding that all of that suffering, I created it. And the only way I can make a new creation is to bring that energy back, own it, feel it, purify it. And you don't all have to feel it the way I did because the minute you just start feeling it, you just bring in the tools and you start purifying straight away. Um, right. <laughs> rather than having it like inundate you. Um, you. You know, you just start, you know, you just start using it. The tools make everything that I'm talking about very easy. Uh, you start bringing it in um, and you purify it. So... So you can start creating new. Now, this is this is really going to help a lot of people understand why the world seems so messed up right now and why so much of what we don't want seems to be happening. Remember when I was saying the brain has to become attuned to the frequencies in order to interpret them. For me to interpret the frequencies that I get from the energies that I work for, which at the end of the day are me and just a bigger version of me, 
My brain has to become attuned. My brain has to learn how to interpret signals that my human biology was not designed to interpret. So we were all born with a biology that has been part of the agreement of what human biology is, and it interprets a certain range of frequencies, what we see, hear, taste, you know, touch, smell, our basic physical senses. It's frequency that we're getting that comes into the portal of the brain, and the brain then gives us a visceral experience of that, right? That's how mm-hmm. we experience we experience reality through the brain through our you know, through the brain giving us the through the brain giving us the experience, and yet mm-hmm. that comes through our perspective. But literally, you've got to train the brain. <laughs> you've got to train the brain to now. Now, what's happening is there's all these high frequencies hitting the planet as we go through this shift. The brain doesn't know what they are, and so we're basically kind of resisting these frequencies. And when we experience energy and resistance, we tend to interpret it, the brain tends to interpret it in the same way. So it will create a story. I had a lot of my initiations initially came through a story of of like a a, a romantic scene. So not going well. (laughs) And I'm like, when when am I going to get to be with this guy? But really, uh, that's just how my brain was, was... interpreting this huge influx of higher frequencies coming in and the resistance of my old mind trying to push it away. And that's what's really creating the the disturbing experience. So now in the whole of everybody's reality here, we're going through this shift where we're being flooded with new frequencies. Our brain does not understand. And it's desperate thing it can do when it doesn't understand what's going on. The survival thing is it starts setting up all these survival signals. That's why a lot of initiations often, uh, like I said, there's a lot of kickback beforehand because the survival system is going, no, this is bad. I don't understand this. You know, I can't control this. I can't keep you safe. So it starts to create chaos. And that, when you have the signals of chaos, You're projecting that back out into reality. So that's what everybody's experiencing is this highly chaotic and also threatening feeling experience. Everybody feels threatened right now. Like black people feel threatened, white people feel threatened, women feel threatened, men feel threatened. Everybody feels threat. If you actually step out of the personal stories and look at the generalized theme here, what you will see is threat and chaos, you know, and the sense of safety that we've had, which has come from we've been operating in this agreed framework for millions of years. Now it's changing. Our systems are just going, again, WTF, (laughs) what what is going on? It's like we're we're realizing the water that we've been swimming in. Well, and all this uncon- you know, highly unconscious stuff is coming up, but simultaneously we're also projecting it. So when you look at, if you look at, say, our political story right now, mm-hmm. and as a person, I'll still get into my, my opinion on the story as a person, but when I'm in all consciousness, mm-hmm. I go, the story is chaos. What we're seeing with, say, for example, the stuff about Russia and the elections and 
what and and fake news, fake media. What the brain is creating is that uh, nothing can be trusted. Everything is unsafe, and the the frameworks that we've collectively agreed upon to be fairly safe and trustworthy to some degree, the media, what the news mm-hmm. reports, our government organizations. Now, none of that can be trusted. None of that can be trusted. But this is really just a mirror for our own sense of our own ego, ego, which is what I thought was real is no longer real. I thought I was a linear person who operated in time and space in a physical body uh, that would age and die in, in, a, in these numbers of years and that I only operate through my five physical senses, what I see, feel, t- touch, taste, whatever they are. <laughs> you get my dream. Right. They yeah. are the things I trust to make, to define what is real. But what's mm-hmm. going on is we're moving into multidimensionality. We're moving into the ca- capacity for telepathic communication. We're moving into the capacity, I believe, you know, that we, you know, at some point uh, really will be transcending the illusion of time and space in terms of our, our sense of reality. We already have these manifestations that make us think it's part, partly believable. We've got FaceTime. I can have a conversation with a friend of mine on the other side of the world and that's that's this sort of physical version we've made of transcending time and space. Time and space, yeah. But we haven't actually moved into it. And time and space is one of these fundamental, what I call the grids that create creation. We collectively agree that we have time and space. But do we right. really? That's actually just a manifestation of our collective mind agreement. So these are the levels of things that are that are breaking down and our minds are still going, you know, but why hasn't that guy called me? <laughs> because, because it actually, this is the trick of it, it actually wants to keep us locked into the personal story. Even if we're doing, quote, unquote, the right thing, healing ourselves, it still wants us to focus on the personal aspect of that. And, re- and it doesn't realize that that is just a metaphor that the concept of time and space is keeping you separated from love, <laughs> you know, keeping you. Yeah. And that's the concept, the egoic concept of time and space is keeping you in separation of the experience of the union of love. And, you know, when, when once our minds, and this is, this is where I really want to comfort people, because these frequencies of the new consciousness are coming in, it's this multidimensional, connected thing. Our minds are freaking out creating a super ugly reality right now. And if we believe the illusion, we stay stuck in it. But when we step out, when we, if we believe this personal illusion, we're going to stay stuck in it. If we step out and go, okay, what are the themes here? The themes are threat. The themes are disconnection from love. The themes are non-unity. The themes are misunderstanding. And that's really it. Our brains is literally misunderstanding what's going on, just manifesting a whole bunch of confusion, misunderstanding, deception, uh, you know, untrustworthiness. It can't trust reality yet. As our brains learn to interpret these new frequencies, we're going to come into a much more beautiful, congruent reality, which is what we've sort of been visualizing the new consciousness to be. Uh, but our brains need time. And, and, and the best way 
and this, this is what's really tricky because I'm always trying to tell people on my list, but I understand that the distrust people have of this, because it just sounds like a sales pitch, is I'm saying you need regular exposure to high frequencies to train your brain to understand it, to start turning it into the visceral, physical experience you want to have. Um, so you can have this new experience. Like one one exposure to a high frequency isn't going to change your reality overnight because it's just like if you say to a baby, dad, once, that baby doesn't know that dad is dad and dad is in the context of the family and the family is in the context of reality. You don't go from being a pre-verbal baby to speaking 10 languages overnight. You have to be repeatedly exposed to things that will raise your frequency so your brain can start interpreting it and start creating that reality rather than the chaos the brain is creating now. Because the brain's like, I don't know what this is, so I'm just going to make it really scary and stop everybody from from going into this new space. Um, So things like, you know, what recently got into binaural beats a lot as well. There are things where you, you're training your brain with with frequencies. You can get that stuff free on YouTube, you know. Um, so, yeah. But that, that the thing that people have to understand is they've got to put aside this miraculous one shot, everything's going to get better, I do one visualization <laughs> and then everything shifts. They have to, if they want it to happen faster, if they want their world to come, they, they have to just, you know, it's just like exercise. You kind of, you know, Taking you have practice. to do these. You have to do the. You have to have practices. It's better to have a, a small and gentle practice that is consistent um, than expecting, you know, a one shot session is going to change anything. Whether you're spending, you know, uh, what people spend with me, or there's people who charge a lot more than me, and they expect even more from that person, and then they don't get results, and then they get depressed, and they start moving backwards because they're not understanding this very important thing that it is exposure and it is training your neural pathways to give you a new experience. You cannot experience, it doesn't matter if these frequencies are hitting you, if you're not training your brain to interpret them, you usually just keep creating more of this disruptive stuff and that's what is happening on the planet, um, why there's all this disruption. I'm fantastically hopeful for for the planet because I'm so lucky to have this perspective and to be able to put this big picture together for people um, and have the tools that even when my anxiety starts to come up and I start to feel it, I know, I just go straight to the tools and that stuff is gone so fast now. That's the beautiful thing is when you use tools, they work so fast now because the energy is moving quickly. If you just get rid of a little bit of resistance, I mean, it, that's actually when you do start getting the, like, kind of miraculous things start happening. Um, but people when you're using think, the tools? Yeah, you start using the tools and, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, you expose yourself to frequencies, then, then things really start hustling along. And it's really, ama- I mean, it's on, actually, I'll have to say this year alone, and maybe it's because I'm living in Hawaii now and I'm in a very, uh, energetically clean space. So there isn't, when I was living in New York, there was so many planetary templates yeah, I helping clean, clean up, you know. <laughs> oh You're God. like the custodian oh of the like, oh, planetary templates. Just simply so much humanity there, you know. Um, it's a great place. But 
Um, now I'm in a much more energetically clean space. I can see how quickly things are manifesting, like in sort of these really miraculous things. But it's, it, it, it takes some application. And that's why I actually see the work I do now really not so much as healing, um, because we're sort of going to move past that anyway, but mentorship through the process. Um, and I'm very, very, uh, and, and what happens is a lot of people actually who do come and now work with the circle um, are often people who are working with other people. So because, again, we work, for, if, if someone comes to me with lots of intense energy, it's either in their story or they're working with people with lots of intense energy, we're working through that to really raise the energy of the entire planetary consciousness. Uh, but this is a mentorship. It's not work to be taken in, in a way lightly in that respect because of the volume of energy we tend to deal with compared to, say, the volume of energy. Of, say, and I don't want to detract from anyone who's doing any kind of transformational work at all. I'm just mm-hmm. saying that you need to understand these, some of these principles of volume of energy and training of the brain. Um, and because, because when those, those thresholds start getting challenged, there's a lot of resistance that can, can show up and you need mentorship through those. I call it when the illusion gets strong, you know. You right. need mentorship often through those, those phases. And then, like I say, you move into this next level of consciousness. So people who are working with clients now will start working from the all consciousness rather than some really, quote-unquote, good ideas, which is... Uh, my client needs to take responsibility for their own, their own stuff, and I can't do the work for them. I actually don't believe that. <laughs> I don't believe that anymore because you don't. In, in in this framework, we work with my client is my creation. I created my client. If there is resistance in my client, that is my resistance in me. And so you can work through now in the outside world. If I work with my client, the resistance in my client as part of me. They, I mean, it's as anyone who's coming to do sessions is taking with them responsibility for their, for their um, work. But say my client has a problem with a boyfriend, through this work we can work with her, with me. I'm working basically with me as the creator of everything, the creator of my client and the creator of her boyfriend. <laughs> so we're working and their relationship being archetypal for the history of relationships on the planet. We're just cleaning that up because I want to clean up my planetary creation and make it a beautiful heart-centered creation for everybody that's in my creation. Does that make sense? So yeah, I really real, love it's a, it. It's beautiful and it's a real leap and, and ultimately it is me taking accountability for everything I've created. So if I don't like something in politics, I, and if there's charge for me, then I know that is my creation. I need to harvest the energy from that storyline and purify it so I can create a new planet. Yeah, what I'm noticing is that I'm really understanding the statement like that, like, I created my suffering, I created um, the situation. I'm understanding it on a much deeper, deeper level than I have yes. in the past with yes. Abraham Hicks. Because it feels feels really simplified when you just say, I created my suffering or whatever it is I created. 
the the client and her boyfriend. Yeah. It's much easier to understand it's when actually you think easier. of it. It is yeah, easier. It's, yeah. It's easier to understand <laughs> when you think of it as like my entire multidimensional being created it, like my past lives and all the everything it's, that I'm holding the, from the planet created it. It's the all consciousness. It is you are everything. That's what we would just call just working from the all consciousness. Everything, past lives, future lives, planetary collective agreements. We have all these layers that we, when we work with people and these tools, we go through. And I, I would share these, but I'm hesitant actually to share them publicly. And I, I know this sounds ridiculous, but only because sometimes when you work with these tools, again, the volume of energy uh, that re- they release can be a bit much for people if they don't have other follow-up tools. Yeah, like you said, it it requires mentorship. Yes, it requires mentorship. Yeah, yeah. And I'm really, and I've had enough experiences to go, yeah. Even though I, you know, to really, to look at that some people, it's just on their own, it's too much energy for them to, I mean, they'll get there. Don't get me wrong. I trust that everyone will get there. But I want, I want, if I'm holding a space for people, I, I want it to be, um, you know, a fair, there's going to be a roller coaster, but I want it to still be a fairly safe space for them so that they don't actually get spun off into some other thing. Because when, when those, you know, say for example, the primitive emotions start coming up, if you don't have someone guiding you through how to pretty actually quickly transmute that into raw energy and like make awesomeness happen with that energy, um, then people go back into their coping mechanisms and defensive mechanisms, which can include addiction, which can include um, self-harm, which can include contraction in the body mind that causes disease. And then they can get lost up in that story for a while again. So, um, Right, it's sort of like what we're talking about with the, the anger suffering. causing mm-hmm. sickness, like yeah. when all of that... And, anger energy comes up or shame or whatever it is that can can actually be detrimental to some people. Well, they, that's when they get into the cycle of suffering because the suppressive system that they've created, which could include addiction, it could include self-harm, it could include uh, obsessive thinking, it could include anxiety, it could include, you know, a bunch of those sort of, uh, you know, unpleasant experiences. Um that can start kicking in and that's when people stay in the cycle of suffering. Whereas with our work, the, the, the rage comes up in a session and we've moved through it in, and not because people start raging and punching pillows, that's actually not what it is. It's just letting people feel it in a space of total non-judgmentalism and then knowing a few little tricks to um, counter the, 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 uh, the survival programming that actually wants to push it down. Because you've got, this is what's weird about it, rage is a survival programming, but so is shame, which is like to try and keep us all getting along with each other. So when people right. have got rage coming up, their other survival program of shame will start trying to push it down, be like, no one's going to like you if you're angry all the time, <laughs> you, you know? And so, yeah. so the survival program, it's so messed up, is actually operating on <laughs> all just a hot mess in there, basically. <laughs> so, <laughs> we hot mess is a good way to describe it. And it is a hot mess. It's a fabulous hot mess of energy, which when you organize it well, really creates miraculous stuff. When it's badly organized, you've got that hot mess. And, and something that I think people experience a lot when they really feel 
backed into a corner, like nothing they do is going to be right. Everything they can think of to do is going to have a bad consequence. If I go to rehab, I'm going to lose my friends or whatever it is. You know, if I don't do this, I'm going to, this is going to happen. Everything's a bad consequence, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, you know, but we know how to get you. That's just, a, that's just the mind doing its survival thing and keeping you feel tra- feeling trapped. So anyway, the good news is I don't want to scare people because the wonderful news is that God, when you just have a few things and you know how to use them and you use them regularly, especially when you feel like it's not working, that's the main thing, you can just pop through these layers and really, God, then it's so fun because you're like, oh, my God, I am the creator of everything. If I want this situation to work out differently, I can change it, not by trying to control the person, but by going into the energy framework that is creating that person, you know, not by trying to control big government, but by going into the energy work that is the energy framework that is creating that big government uh, mm. and reorganizing it there. We've got, that's the grids that create creation, you know. It, we all know it's pointless really trying to tr- control something external for very long. You just, right. it's the, it's the best of this is you just go in and recreate your creation at, at the fundamental level. Yeah. And so we have about 15 minutes left. I wanted to um, have you, so you're talking about these miraculous changes that people can have, and I wanted to see yeah. if you could talk more about the authentic positivity system and how yes. that works. Yes. So what I wanted to do was I created this, I sort of, you know, a little while ago I was like, how can I give people this just I have not even the stuff that everything I've talked about today, but this basic level of understanding, this basic level about how suppresses positivity is actually one of the worst things you can do, and it's the big downfall of the kind of law of attraction movement, is that people are like, I'm just going to be happy all the time and everything will be good, but, you know, they've got these roiling unconscious reservoirs of anger and stuff that, that they're suppressing in order to create this fake happy thing that they think is then going to manifest their their dream car or their boyfriend or whatever. And that's just such a bad setup um, that it actually creates. And I went through it. I created a lot of, you know, you go through a lot of chaotic stuff because you're in a suppressive state. Mm-hmm. So there's a few super simple things that get you out of the suppressive state and into a, what I call an authentic positivity state. Authentic positivity is simply... There's no suppression anymore. There's no resistance. The energy is open and flowing. Positive feelings happen naturally, naturally when you're in a non-suppressive state. It is our natural state of non-resistance is to have that. And so instead of trying to fake the emotion, you do you use the tools that move you quickly into the, into the authentically positive state which is where you're going to create and generate more of that quote-unquote positive experience that you're looking for, whether it's your relationships or what, whatever. So when because I get so many people who are coming to me chronic and not everybody can afford to do intensive one-on-one work initially, because a lot of times chronic people also have money issues. They're chronic, they're chronic. They've got physical issues, they've got money issues, they've got every every issue. I wanted to create, because we are here to mentor people, stages for people to understand this work so if you go to my 
website, circleevolution.com, and sign up, you will automatically get this ebook for free, which is the Authentic Positivity System. And you'll start to understand these concepts and start be able to use some of these concepts yourself. And then I created an incredibly cheap boot camp. <laughs> it's actually ridiculous because really the, the, the intention of this boot camp is for you to get some of the ideas and for us to make a connection and for you to feel how this work actually works in your body so you can start to trust it. Because trusting this process, and it isn't even just about trusting me or the circle of light, me as a practitioner, trusting this process is one of the most important things you're going to have to do because when the when the survival system is kicking back because you're coming to a threshold, you have to trust the process to keep using it through that resistance to the process itself. And that's why trust is so essential um, in my relationship with my clients and in this process itself. So I've tried to create as much stuff to start building the trust in the process so you're ready to move to the next levels, which do require uh, stronger threshold, like you're crossing stronger threshold boundaries. Um, but once you've built some trust, trust muscle mm-hmm. through like this boot camp that I have, which includes a session with me, it includes a month of conference calls with my guides, and it includes a three-month email training course. It's got videos. It's got <laughs> like recordings, everything to help you just understand this first really important aspect of the creative process which is coming into authentic positivity, coming into the non-repressive state, and also what to do when energy is charged because uh, we need energy to create. So energy is going to come up and it often comes up in quote-unquote negative charge stories. When you can observe these stories and not get caught in the story of it, like, you know, my boyfriend didn't call me, <laughs> you know, or like whatever, my boss at work is, you know, you know, doing terrible things or the government is doing terrible things. Once you learn to identify charge and energy rather than staying locked into the story, you have an opportunity to very quickly harvest the energy in the story and move to another level. So that's what all this initial um, boot camp, first the free email and then this super cheap boot camp I created um, teaches you. And you can pay the boot camp in like twelve dollar installments. It's it's wow. I can't I can't so I can't make I cannot make it any cheaper. But I have to, <laughs> I do charge something because obviously it is my time and I have to honor that. But also, if people don't invest in something, they tend to not use it. Like they just don't use it, and that doesn't do anybody any good. You know, right. you have to use the tools. You can have the a gold plated shovel. But unless you pick that up and start digging, <laughs> it's not going to do jack, you know. So this is, a, you know, this is another big thing. And part of the resistance that stops people from using the tools is that survival mind distracting you and going like, oh, this, oh my God, there's something shiny over here. Right. <laughs> More shiny than the gold shovel, you know. <laughs> it's got fairy lights and there's a unicorn attached to it. And I think I'll go over here for a while. You know, I can't help people if they don't. We can't support people if they don't pick up the tools and make a, a commitment to the practice. So this first one, first just commit to reading the e-book. Then if you feel like a connection to it, commit to doing the boot camp, 
Some people just jump straight into other programs that I offer. But I think I created that intentionally so that we'd get a taste of everything that we do. We could meet. We can develop a trust. I don't want anyone right. working with me who doesn't want to step into it with me because that's just more hard work for me. <laughs> don't try yeah. and convince them. And I'm and not like, interested, in, you know. Huh? And I don't need yeah. to, so. Um, yeah, and like we said earlier, the the work is not for the faint of heart. So you no. want to be sure that people are ready to dive in. Yeah, and, and look, it's, I only get a little bit just disturbing from time to time, you know, because I've mm-hmm. done a lot of that stuff. But you've got to – that's my job is – our job, me and – well, the circle and me. We hold mm-hmm. your hand through that time. That's basically it. And then you get to the other side. It's so great. I get so many beautiful, amazing texts, love hearts, when people had the courage <laughs> to do it and then just be like, right. oh, my God, you know. Yeah, on the other like, side. On the other side. And, you know, the thing that's so important is I just – love my my clients so much I really do and I really commit to them and I love their journeys um and I love that we're, we're actually doing this magic work together that's I don't really see myself on any higher pedestal we're on this amazing adventure of discovering where this resistance is and releasing it together for the betterment of the planet I my clients are are I find them amazing you know um and I find their journeys amazing I'm really love being part of it and it's amazing what comes through for them i get to experience that um but we've done a lot of work to create a, a safe crucible for for that unfolding to happen in and i'm you know that that i'm proud of <laughs> yeah i think yeah. of it as you have like an army of planetary healers <laughs> that's who comes to me yeah mm-hmm. yeah and i'm so um, honored to help them yeah yeah it's it's really amazing, and I totally, I totally see through all of your communications and everything you're doing. How integrated all of this is yeah. into you as a person and a practitioner, and I can see how committed you are to this work, and it's yeah. really remarkable. Yeah, it's really oh, extraordinary. Thank you. Yeah, and I do try and put free resources out there. I have free recordings. I'm just amazed at the level of resistance that people have to just start picking up. You don't even have to pick up the gold-plated shovel. Just pick up a teaspoon and start digging yourself out. Right. <laughs> and I'm throwing out teaspoons out there. I'm like, come on, guys. Um, but it's cool. Whoever comes to me is awesome. I love it. I don't even resist that anymore. I just work on the planetary resistance to clearing resistance. And <laughs> it doesn't matter. Sorry. Um, but I'm happy to, do, you know, uh, you know. You know, I think I told you, I, I took up skydiving because the nervous system is such a big part of this, this work. I wanted to push my level of understanding what the nervous system will do to you when you're challenged. And I've learned so much from that. Um, and I, I, how much I almost didn't continue doing this thing that's so amazing to me now because of the lies my body and my mind and the world told me. Uh, mm-hmm. When I first started skydiving, which was I was literally told you that you are you are one of the people in the world whose brain probably can't do this, and I knew I had the tools to overcome that possibility, but it was terrifying. <laughs> but, yeah. but I went ahead. I just was like, I, if you keep pushing the illusion, you will get past it. And I just kept walking to the door of that plane, 
to jump out. I knew I could train my my nervous system and my neural pathways to accept the experience. And what it has given me has been such profound joy. I can't believe what I would have missed out on if I had believed that instructor and believed my body and believed the fear and the anxiety. I would have missed out on so much, yeah. So that's really kind of a physical example of of what... Um, what we're doing when we're pushing thresholds and moving through this the, the whole world of skydiving has given me so much joy so many amazing people it's filled my life immensely and I get to jump out of planes and do cool stuff <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, it's really embodied in the way you live your life um, yeah like all of the, everything that you've pushed past and created yeah, yeah. And it's not like I'm like, you know, yay, I'm amazing. I'm just getting, I just have a life that I love. Everything that I do, even if it's challenged, there's just so much love, whether it's with my clients or, you know, everything. And that's really the love, that the life that is then created from the heart instead of the old mind consciousness. It's just always mind-blowingly beautiful things happening that I couldn't even dreamed of, you know. Uh, you don't even know what can happen. I never thought I would be skydiving. This has been so interesting and really, um, it just feels really different to me than yeah. other things that I've heard about the law of attraction. And mm. it feels really actionable to me. Yes, um, it is. It's a yeah. system. It's a system. Yeah. And exactly. it's grounded in the body. There isn't, there isn't enough deep, authentic connection to our entire energetic creation, which includes our body and everything else. Have the courage to just join my email list because it, that's how you stay connected. That's how I can, we can start teaching you. And I offer a, I offer a free, free consultation with me. I offer a lot of stuff um, to get you on the road. So you, you can get just so much from what I write in the emails. Join the email list and you'll be on your way. So I just want to repeat that that's circle evolution.com that's yes. George's website where you can Total join evolution. the email okay. list yeah and um, get all the free resources get the free resource get the free stuff peeps <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much Georgia this was a pleasure catching up with you and awesome. I'll talk to you soon wonderful thank you my dear